Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Approximately one million years ago in 1989, Cops, the docudrama following around police officers during patrols and undercover stings aired. Three years later, MTV's The Real World debuted, giving America a fly-on-the-wall glimpse into packing seven strangers in a house and tackling real issues real issues about sex, religion, and politics. These are the two longest-running reality shows on TV to date, and at the time were groundbreaking television. But since Cops in the Real World, reality TV has shifted a bit. Now our TVs are packed full of delicious guilty pleasure shows like Toddlers and Tierras, Naked and Afraid, and Keeping Up with the Kardashians. We can deny it all we want, but reality TV is a big part of our world today. So let's talk about what really goes into making reality TV a reality by the people who live through it. I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. And today we are talking about the reality of reality TV. Joining me on the panel today is Cosmopolitan.com's senior entertainment editor, Eliza Thompson. Hi, Eliza. Hi, Elisa. What is your favorite reality TV show? RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, and why do you love it? You didn't even hesitate. So it's obviously like your real favorite, not it's, like your I fake just, fave. It's so funny. Um, I think they're so talented. It's like Project Runway, but with jokes. Project Runway with jokes. Well said, actually. And I, Eliza, you know that I say this every single time I bring you on to the podcast, but you have, I don't know if we would call a game show a reality TV show. Do you think of it as the same? No, I don't think you same. don't. But you were Eliza was a former Jeopardy contestant, so like okay, maybe a game show doesn't count as actually a reality TV. But like you know a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I lost. <laughs> you lost. But um, what do you want to say? Like from a reality TV point of view, what do you think was the most surprising thing to you going and participating on the show that you've watched a million episodes of your entire life? Um, I guess just how it's taped, like. Mm. When you watch the show, you know, they have the commercial breaks, and that's really the length of time that they tape it, which is crazy to me. It's so much faster. I think you almost yeah. imagine that they spend, like, days filming one episode and edit it all down. Yeah. Like, the only time they stop is if, like, the board screws up or, like, Alex says something wrong, and then it's just, like, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And what would you say... Um, one thing also I also remember from your really excellent essay that I like reference all the time. I'm such an Eliza fangirl that you wrote back in the day for Cosmo about appearing on Jeopardy, which everyone should search the site and find it. Um, is you were like it was freezing in there, and you ended up you had your Jeopardy outfit all picked out, and then at the last minute had to like borrow like a cardigan from your mom, right? Yeah, they have rules about what you can wear so that it doesn't um, like you can't wear prints and stuff because it looks bad against the background. Um, 
and I had this like black dress that like fit the bill and it was so cold I had to borrow this sweater from my mom that then people like made fun of on Twitter and I was like I couldn't help it like I didn't have clothes to wear oh my gosh this was like in Los Angeles it's not like I came armed with jackets right you're not like wearing a parka or whatever yeah oh my gosh that's hilarious um and so you in addition to being a Jeopardy alum and of course you were the entertainment editor here at Cosmo and so you do a ton of writing about and reporting on reality TV what would you say is our readers favorite reality TV show um I don't know if it's their favorite but I mean keeping up with the Kardashians right I think there's a lot of like hate clicking right I think the thing about the Kardashians that have been I mean so many things that make them a total phenomenon but one of them has been that even if you don't actually watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, you do still, in fact, keep up with the Kardashians. So I think we see our readers clicking on the show recaps, even if they don't necessarily tune in. And Teen Mom is a big one for us. Yeah, Teen Mom, The Bachelor, um, some of those HGTV shows that I don't even know the names of. Yeah, those are the ones that, like, started with, like, our moms, but have trickled down to us. Yeah. Like, they were, like, geared towards, like, literally our moms. And now... House flip? That's yeah. not the name of it. No, like, isn't it? Yeah, flipper something. Flip the house. The, or the other one. Fixer. Fixer upper. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I have no idea. Um, and I should also, I cannot have this episode and not mention that, of course, Cosmo has a reality TV show debuting February 8th. Um, we just saw the little teaser of meeting the cast, um, which you can actually watch right now on Cosmopolitan.com. And I just want to clarify right off the bat, because this has been the number one thing I've been asked about it, is that, like, yes, all these people work at Cosmo. They are literally editors at Cosmo. Um, but a lot of the fashion team. So sadly, not Eliza and not me. But maybe the occasional cameo. Yeah. We, yeah. Keep, we keep joking if they had a dot-com one, it would just be us sitting at our computers, like, <laughs> looking miserable. And then every so often, somebody making a joke but and laughing, but, like, the viewer not knowing what was funny because it was on the screen. Right, because it was all communicated via Slack. Slack. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We're so boring on the digital side. Um, so, Eliza, I think that we should go ahead and call some of our reality TV star friends. What do you think? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Our first guest is a friend of the show and a veteran of the world of reality TV. We watched him grow up on the hills and have seen him since on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Famous Food, Celebrity Big Brother, Celebrity Wife Swap, Marriage Boot Camp, and The Mother Daughter Experiment. Okay, actually, maybe not that last one. But welcome, Spencer Pratt. How are you? I was definitely a subject of the mother-daughter experience. (laughs) Were you the mother or the daughter? Uh, I was uh, discussed frequently, I think. Uh, uh, Frequently discussed. That should be another, like, official, um, like, hyphen in your title. Um, Yeah. If you talked about on a reality show nowadays, you've, you've made it. Right, right, right. So... The Hills. I mean, we have to start there. I know you've been asked this like a million times over, but I'm just going to ask you again. How did you both get involved? You know, what? how did this go from being something that somebody, you know, said to you at a bar to something that really happened? I don't know if there was a bar involved. I'm just assuming. 
Uh, long story short, Heidi was at fashion school in San Francisco. I forget the name of it. I should know. And Lauren was in her class, and they were friends. And then Lauren, and I don't think Laguna Beach had even aired yet. Or Heidi's kind of, you know, I don't, before I met Heidi, she wasn't a super TV person. So she, I don't think Heidi had seen Laguna Beach or either that or didn't air. Long story short, I guess she gets invited to the VMAs or some event and um, Heidi was like, wait, you're not like, uh, Heidi thought she was one of those like maid people. Like she knew she did a show, but she thought it was just like a maid episode. Mm. And so they ended up becoming BFFs and she was on a couple episodes of Laguna Beach or a episode, I'm not sure. And then Lauren invited her to come be on that show, and they both left um, fashion school. And while this was going on, um, I had a show with Brody Jenner called The Princess of Malibu on Fox that I had created and executive produced. But after the first episode aired, uh, Linda, Brody's mom, I, allegedly, I don't know the, the details, but there was some inappropriate stuff I guess David allegedly did so the morning after our first episode aired on Fox she filed for divorce so then I get a call from Fox and they're like uh, we bought a show about a family not a divorce so then that show uh, only gets two episodes on Fox and gets cancelled so now I have to go back to college and I'm back in college like this sucks I just have my own TV show and I visiting my mom and my mom's best friend is sitting on like in our TV room like watching um, The Hills and she's like Spencer you should date this girl right here she's she's I love her and she points to like Heidi on the screen and you're like and she's a like, hot babe and I'm like what show is this who is this what's going on here and so I'm you know watch an episode and in the beginning it said produced by Sean Travis, and this guy was one of the producers on The Princes of Malibu on Brody and I show, so I call him, I'm like, oh, so you don't call us and you do this new show and hook us up after we just hooked you up and gave you a job? And he's like, no, 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 like, it's already like a set cast from this girl from Laguna, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, uh, well, we'll see you in our clubs and try to try to edit around us. So Brody and I just went to these clubs they filmed at and we're just like, this is our show. So you wormed your way into the hills basically. And into yeah. Heidi's heart. Yeah, by bottle service pretty much. So there's definitely a bar involved. Um I do you think Spencer is reality T V like an end game for you or a means to an end? Or does it even matter? Uh, I mean, now we got a reality TV president, so I'm like, whoa, you can do anything with reality television. Exactly. Uh, Spencer for president. Uh, yeah, I don't. One thing I learned from reality TV is for I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. That guy from Chicago, that Senator Rod Blagovich or whatever, he looked at me so dead serious. I think it was probably right before I went to prison or whatever, and he was like, don't get into politics. It's too dangerous, and I'll never forget, like, okay, I'm not getting into politics. Like, so I won't be doing any politics, I don't think, after that fear in that guy's eyes. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I would love to do reality shows forever. I think it's, like, the most fun job I, I can think of. But ideally, I would like to 
you know, like produce like a like a bachelor, the bachelor, like that type of show. I, I would think is my bread and butter, you know. But why is that yeah. inter- Why is that interesting to you? Because uh, I love drama. Right. I love, I love wine. Um, <laughs> and uh, you love ninety eight percent of the ingredients on the show: drama and wine. Yeah, Got I it. Said, drama and wine. Okay, that's the career. Give me a walkie-talkie with my name on it. Um, Oh, I just feel like I, I love entertainment and I don't see myself getting to go work out like the new Star Wars, but I think it's more <laughs> realistic for me to like get a job on a set of a reality show. And I think reality TV in some ways has long represented the ultimate dream because it really is about being famous for being yourself. Like you get you when you were on the hills and all the other shows you've done since then, you're literally getting paid to just like be yourself. Or a version wish, of yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, I wish that was the case. I wish that I didn't have to ever, like, do or say stuff that I probably wouldn't do or say if I wasn't getting paid or trying to get, like, a ratings bonus. Right. But there are people that, like, I think Kim gets to be herself a lot, like, more than anyone else. So Kim Kardashian gets paid to just literally, like, out of... I don't even know how to describe it, but I don't think... No, 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 no. Got a bark here in the podcast. What? What's going on? So they got a bark here in the podcast. (laughs) Um, So Kim's the only one, I would say, that gets to do that. But most people are, you know, any of these people on Love and Hip Hop or any of the shows, I love even The Bachelor. Like, I don't believe that's really what JoJo's like. And I knew... What's her name from Ben and Lauren? Lauren? Yeah, Lauren. I knew Lauren. Her, her, she showed up a little bit more during Ben and Lauren. I'm like, that's who I thought you were. So hmm. it's hard when you film people more, you get to see who, you know, pieces of them. But And I just uh, want to, I, I think everything you're saying is interesting, and I just want to unpack it a little bit. Basically, my what I'm hearing is that Kim is like the level of uber, uber, uber famous that literally they would just like film her like scrolling through her phone and there's not even any drama or intrigue, but she is so famous that people will watch her do that. Is that kind of what you're saying in terms of like she really gets to be herself, whereas you really, people are casting you and expecting you, you've talked a lot about this, expecting you to be the villain and play that part. So you're almost being more of an actor than yourself. Like, 100%, I will watch Kim scroll on E! and be like, she's still using a BlackBerry. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, right. It's it's so, interesting is what you're saying. Yeah. One, one billion percent. So, Kim, and, and she's got it. She's got, uh, as this wild lady in England, Paula, on, on <laughs> this um, Celebrity Big Brother one said, you either have the sparkle or you don't. And, yeah. Kim K's got the sparkle, so good for her. She's got the sparkle. One thing... Like, Kylie, Kylie's so famous, but I feel like she has to, like, play a role. Like, like she's playing a character all the time. Right. Way more than Kim has to, even though I still watch Kylie scroll. I think the Kylie I'm watching scroll is like, this is what people want of me. This is how I should do this. Like, right. she's very self-aware of her scrolling. And, and, and I, I don't think you're wrong, but I will also say age is a factor there. You know, the difference between a woman being in her 30s and, I mean, Kylie is literally a teenager. Like, who, who I mean, you, you, you were young once, too. But, you know, I think Kylie is the way that any teen is kind of still figuring themselves out. 
I don't know. I don't know why I'm like, I have to defend I, Kylie I Jenner's say, authenticity. <laughs> I would say Kim is exactly how she is now as she was at 18, like mm. married to a music producer. So, uh, but I, yeah, I'm all about defending Kylie. But uh, yeah. <laughs> So, so one, one thing I want to ask you about is I think it's interesting that still in 2016 slash 2017, whatever, this modern age, people still seem obsessed with knowing how much is real. And like you've talked about that so much, you know, of course, things in the hills were manufactured. Of course, they plan out the scenes. Of course, you know, I wasn't on the other end of the line when Lauren called. In some ways, I feel like that is such, you know territory we've covered a million times over i just am surprised that at this point in time anyone thinks any of it is real does that surprise you it's almost like people want to believe the best about their reality tv shows and really believe that they're seeing something unfold in an authentic way and to me that's almost interesting like why do people need it to be real uh well like we're so right on this moment because for the first time in a long time, I was really stumped on the last night. No, Saturday night with the Rob Kardashian and Black China drama, and everyone's oh, yeah. like, they're just faking this for their for their show to, you know, get ratings for their baby special. And I I felt that, but I was like, is this the level where you would do this type of like? negativity to promote like the birth of your child and the fact that I had to like question and it was like 50-50 like yeah I could see them do it I was like man this is so that is now more like I didn't watch the baby special but I had more I was more tuned into whether they were faking this for an episode of a show I wasn't even going to watch right so I thought so the conspiracy is more interesting than the actual content Right, right, right. That's a that's a that's that's a good way of putting it. Um, and w- sort of along those same veins, something that I feel like you have had to defend a million times over the years is like, are you and Heidi for real? And like, is it you know people love to be like to say that every celebrity relationship is a publicity stunt. You guys have been de- you guys have been married for how long now? Like one million years. Do you does it bother you that you still have to? defend your oh, life. I, I don't think I defended our marriage in at least six years. So I think people have moved on to that one, which is awesome. Because uh, I think you guys have surprised people by staying together this long. I mean, I think people assume that it was a romance created for the show and that it would have fizzled out ages ago. I also understand where everybody came from because I'm working on an art project where I've gone through like hundreds of tabloids that we were in from the bat- the, the good old days mm-hmm. and the articles are so crazy with these storylines that you know some brilliant tabloid writers came up with that you would read this and you'd be like oh my god they're the fakest couple you know so it, it was perpetuated by some amazing journalism let's just say <laughs> that so i don't blame anyone for you know, the media machine, they got to sell magazines that I love, so I'm not going to hate on them, but they make up some wild fantasies. But I'm also reading at the same time, right next to it, all these stories about how Brad and Angelina are done, and I'm now like, oh my God, they were right. So it's such a right. problem with tabloids, you know, they throw so much stuff on the wall, and some stuff sticks, you're like, man, they knew about this so long ago, so I, I, it makes sense to me, but I'm still like, if Robin 
black China didn't have that baby, I wouldn't even believe their relationship. So I get how people, and even now I'm like, well, maybe she just wanted a Kardashian baby. And it, so it's hard to be a fan and an audience member because these people on TV look pretty crazy and you're like, what's real? So. Right. I don't obviously know what the real story is with Black China and with Rob, although the whole thing seems really sad to me. And, you know, I think as much as viewers wonder what's real, I kind of wonder if Rob and Black China even know what's real. Like, would they really be able to answer that question? I kind of, again, this is my very, like, outside point of view, but I think they're in so deep. I don't even know. I don't even know if they know what's real and what's for show anymore. I was tripping when I just read that Black China is only 28. I, I thought she was, like, 38. So, But everyone knows celebrities age on just, like, a different weird continuum. Like, how old are you? Like, 64? 33. 33? Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. We're the same age. Uh, we're so we young. grew up together. We're so young. Um, what was I going to say? But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's wild. It's wild. But I love reality TV. And I'm going to start watching these, like, Survivor shows. I have so many shows. Like, how am I supposed to keep up with all the housewives? All these new, like, now my new favorite on Bravo's where they go to, like, the snow and they're, like, you know, like, um, adventure guides and, you know, they're all these, you know, and then there's down below or below deck or whatever. There's so much reality TV now that it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Have you watched um, Mariah Carey's new show? Uh, minutes of it. It's on the DVR. She's definitely going to get my full, you know, attention in a binge. I feel like it's a blessing that they, they pulled that off and got a megastar to even do. I'm sure it's called the Docu Series. Oh, right, because that's much more highbrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan blew it. Oprah tried this. If Lindsay had just stuck to the plan, she'd be on, like, season 14 of, like, her own docu-series. <laughs> and she'd be in, like, Syria giving energy drinks <laughs> on the docu-series. She'd be opening, you know, clubs, you know, for charity all over the world. So I'm still mad about Lohan just blowing that. <laughs> Um, what, so again, Spencer, I think we love working with you at Cosmo. And one of the reasons that I always think you have such an interesting point of view on all of this stuff is because you've kind of lived it, but you also, it's so obvious and so clear that you're obsessed with sort of following it as a fan and kind of like studying it in this almost, I'm curious to know more about the project you're working on, but in this almost like anthropological way. Um, so this is almost like, and that anthropological side of questions, how would you say, like, what has been the most significant difference in how reality TV has evolved, you know, in 20, wherever we are now versus when you started many moons ago? Um, I would say, first off, it's harder to notice continuity issues, you know, like back in the day, they didn't think the audience was that smart, so they would you know, film the same scene in different days, and sometimes the outfits or the hair and makeup would change a little bit. Mm. Hard, hard to spot continuity stuff nowadays. I feel like everything is super locked in, like, oh, we're going to nail this scene, or you're coming back with the exact same hair and makeup, the exact same outfit, same lighting. So, you know, on a, on a production sense, there are a lot of continuity errors that you can easily catch and, you know, 
still every now and gosh, you guys have no respect for reality television. <laughs> okay, please. Uh, maybe Rainbow had a point there. Uh, he was saying, um, tell him about voiceovers. Voiceovers, <laughs> voiceovers are harder to spot. You know, the Hills had. If you rewatch the Hills with like a sound person, they could tell you like that person didn't say that there. That like for instance, I never. Like, the, the one scene that I still think just pisses me off so much, because I did a lot of shady, like, fake scenes, but one that I didn't do, or two that I didn't do that's like, oh, you guys are dirty. So I'm on the phone with Heidi. They took the end of my call with Heidi, like, all that dialogue, clipped it, and then and I hang up with Heidi. They used the dialogue that was with Heidi as a fake call. Like, I hang up with Heidi and then call Audrina, which I didn't call Audrina, and it's uh, Adrina, you know, maybe she had a call with somebody else and they used and they pieced together two calls. So So they basically thing. faked an entire conversation. Yeah, they took the yeah. conversation to Heidi, made it into Adrina, and then made it look like I hung out with Heidi and called Adrina. So that level of, it, you know, I, I don't know because I'm not part of these shows, but the sound you could spot now or just, it's hard. Editing is still, these editors just got better. So I would say sound and editing has just gotten better. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think everybody wants to be Kim now. So whereas people before, like, let's just tell them name names, but most of the people on the hills just sat back and took a paycheck, like, um, God's gift to these cameras. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you go on sets of, like, Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, these people are like, do you want me to, you know, bleed on camera? Like, what will make me a star? So I feel like people on camera are so much more aware of, like, all the diet teas they can sell after that airs or whatever. Right. Like, definitely with the Bachelorette girls. Like, these girls come in with curated Instagram accounts. They're like, I look at some of these Bachelorette stars, and I'm like, get, get a a publicist do their Instagram account before you got to stop Castle. You really it'd be rude. Um, like that's the level. Like no, nobody's coming in like a rookie on camera. They're like, oh, okay, I do this show. I either maybe meet my husband or regardless, I'm going to be on the cover of people magazine and I'm going to have my own, you know, spandex line or whatever. Right. And I think, of course, the sort of reality of reality television is that you, you know, like you're saying, do you want me to bleed on camera? You know, in some ways, whether it's explicitly constructed by producers or just something that somebody who is on a reality TV show in 2017 in the back of their mind understands to be true, you sort of have to up the drama ante to stand out in this like crowded sort of reality TV scene and you know I even think about things you know this is like a teeny so so on one hand you have to be even more dramatic to sort of get the airtime and to stand out and to be a star and to have your chance at being Kim Kardashian but of course the ironic flip side to that is that the news cycle is so much faster and like maybe everybody is blogging about you the next day but still 24 hours later you know your old news um so that is kind of it's almost like this sort of the demands on these reality tv stars i think are sort of asking them to do increasingly i don't know dramatic things but also with less and less payoff like i'm doing a reality show in 2017 i can't say what it is can secret but i'm already going through like legit mental 
like anxiety whether i just go and finally just do as i would say a boring show or just kick back talk, be, try to be nice to you know cast members whatever or do i come in the hottest i've ever come lighting people up making a scene getting all the posts you know ensuring my chances of being on another reality show because producers like oh my god did you see him on this show versus like oh i'm gonna change my image and just be so like chill and like oh you know he's grown up but then not get another show after because like who wants like a chill you know grown up you know reality character right so, so you're literally planning your next like alter ego yeah it's like and it's it's easy to do because cat you know in real life people piss you off like Every, all day, every day. Yep. And then once you're in a situation with cameras and then they start talking shit to you on a television show, you can either be like, oh, I'm super mature and be like, oh, well, I'm going to disagree with that and I'm going to get up and walk away. Or you can be like, F you back, da 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 <laughs> and act like you're 17, you know. Yeah. And, and one makes great TV and the other one, and it's, I'm not, I don't guess I'm not mature enough in the past to where I can literally just have people like punk me out on camera, mm -hmm. where that's what you would have to do to like look, come off good, I guess. So I'm, I'm tripping because I want to make a hit show because I want to, you know, have a solid reality television comeback here. Right. But I also like, my parents are like, why are you doing this? Like, it's so normal now and da, 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 da. So it's like then your family's involved and it's, you know yeah there so is there is a way that it always seems like people on reality tv shows just like don't have families because i'm always like what if someone's grandma is watching this no exactly so um rest in peace i don't have to about nana she's in heaven watching that and she likes <laughs> anything that i did on television but <laughs> other people's family yeah uh, so yeah this reality tv is it's vicious too because not very many people make it out, you know. Yeah. That's, that's what I would tell other people too. Unless you, I mean, we haven't even seen like where a bachelorette, like these new stars, where they're going to be in like 10 years. But maybe, you know, Ben and Lauren will be the first real case because they got their first television show. So we'll see what they can do with that. We'll see. But, yeah, the rate that show has gone, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, we will have to have this. We'll pick up this conversation again in 10 years for sure. Uh, we'll but, be 74, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Spencer. As always, we really uh, love having you on. And um, I, come I, back I, on and promote your new show when it gets off the ground. Oh, I hopefully I won't have to promote it. That's the, that's right. the flip side. Exactly. So, exactly. If I, I go, love the, if I go boring, we'll talk about it. Right. Exactly. You have that like angel and devil on your shoulder. Well, thanks so much, Spencer. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have Bye. a great holiday. You too. Bye-bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. A podcast about reality TV would definitely not be complete without mentioning one of the biggest shows out there, The Bachelor. Our next guest was on season 19 of The Bachelor with and seasons two and three of Bachelor in Paradise. Welcome, Ashley I. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm actually in the Bahamas right now. <gasps> Jealous. 
It's 26 yeah, degrees I'm here. here. For, Jade, for Jade Tolbert's 30th birthday, which is today. Oh, that's so fun. Your life is just yeah. as glamorous as it looks on TV. <laughs> oh, just some days not the majority of days not the majority so when we last saw you on bachelor in paradise you spent most of the season trying to gain closure from jared where are you guys at now well he and i have spent the entire day together so we're definitely great um we are not dating but we are really we're best friends and it's not just me saying that he's super about me um, that is, but how do you like finagle that? I like don't, can't even get a text from people I used to date. <laughs> I have no idea. We definitely were fated to like be in each other's lives, I think. So I don't know. He didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a very, I will honestly admit, it's really complicated, odd relationship for those who are viewers of it and not you know, present yeah. um, in our hangout, but it's just the way it is and yeah. it's weird, but it works. Yeah, that's it's kind of interesting, actually, even to hear you say that because you, of course, understand the way that this is happening in real life because you are living it, obvi, but you also sort of understand the way the audience is and the public sees it are there ever moments where that converges you know like are you getting texts where you know sort of as this was all playing out do you get texts from your friends about what's really going on and like do you sort of have to play in your own life a referee between what's really happening and what people are seeing in terms of like your relationships with your friends and family well obviously like jared and i can't take a picture without um causing a shitstorm. yeah and yeah, on Instagram or anything like that. And like, it's, it's sort of fun to see this regulation, being really honest. Mm. Um, and my friends, they pretty, you know, my best friends really, they actually get our very weird relationship. But yeah. I figure friends I don't keep in touch with, they probably kind of wonder about the same things as fans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely funny that it was mostly during the summer where it was like, you guys are seeing the five percent of Jared that hates me sometimes, but not the ninety-five percent that like loves hanging out with me. Right, right, right. Of that course, that was frustrating. Right, of course. Um, so going back to the Bachelor for a second, did you go into it with a strategy? The Bachelor, or yeah. Paradise? yeah, 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 the, the Bachelor. Oh, it was funny. Like, so I'm here on vacation in Atlantis with Jared, Carly, Evan, my sister, Jade, and Tanner. And we were having dinner last night, and we were talking about just that first night on The Bachelor right. and how really your, your goal is just to get through the first week. Yeah. And then as the second week rolls around, you're just kind of like, I just want to get through the second week. And then, like, as your time winds down, you're kind of like, okay, well, I know my time is coming to an end. Is it going to be tonight or is it going to be next time? There's no real strategy. Yeah. Is there any way that you can explain? Because I think, you know, it's such a small group of you who have really like lived through this phenomenon, like a handful of people in the world that know what it's like to be on The Bachelor. What is there any way you could possibly explain like what the crazy high profile, like whirlwind, fast paced experience is like to, you know, all of our Cosmo readers who are listening to this right now? Like, how do you describe that? 
It is so crazy, but you know, when you're on The Bachelor, it's really crazy the week that you get eliminated and all the press you do. It's, you know, you're in the top eight. Mm-hmm. And then it's really when Paradise hit that it became almost like a full-time job yeah. to be a reality TV star, which sounds ridiculous, but we do a lot of appearances and I'm doing a lot of correspondent work now. Um, going to be Access Hollywood Bachelor correspondent. And of course, I have my Cosmo column yes. every every week following the episode. So yeah, I kind of have been able to use it to develop my career path, which I studied broadcasting, and it's really cool that I've been able to merge my two worlds. Absolutely. And do you, you know, do you, what do you think people? I mean, you're saying like it's almost crazy to think of it as a career, but like I think in some ways, like we actually were talking to Spencer Pratt right before we hopped on the phone with you, and I was kind of saying, yeah. <laughs> um, he had a lot of things to say about The Bachelor, of course, but um, he or one of the things that I was saying to him is like in some ways I think being a reality TV star is this like ultimate dream because you feel like you are getting paid to literally be yourself like that is the ultimate goal and you have an interesting perspective on this because you are actually parlaying you know your success into things that are maybe a little more closely aligned with your original career path but Mm -hmm. you know the writing and the you know the red carpet things and stuff like that but my long rambling question here is, is it like you thought it would be? Like when you were maybe sort of thinking about what it would mean to be a reality TV star before you were one, how is the reality different than what maybe people at home would think? Well, <clears throat> I was I have a real good thing I was, was going to say, and now I'm kind of blinking on it, but I think that you really, it's one for one, it lasted a lot longer than I thought it would for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just the spacing of the seasons, I suppose. And then it really is, it's, is it a dream job? It's, it, it's a good life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say it's a good life, but you know it's fleeting, so it's kind of like enjoy it while it lasts. Right. And for me, I'm able to like, use some of the things that I studied and hopefully make it into more of a career using it as a stepping stone. Right. But definitely like this type of reality fame doesn't last very long. Um, I think it's been awesome, awesome, awesome because I've gotten such a great group of friends from this and I've never had like a click and I never had like, a, you know, never had like a posse or a part of the sorority of fraternity. And it's really nice to be able to have that group now. Right. That's so interesting to think about it, like reality TV stardom being almost like a parallel to like sorority life. But I see what you're saying. Oh, and that it, makes sense. It is. It's a sorority life. And yeah. Those are our frat guys. And it's really cool when one of your frat guys becomes the bachelor. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking of actually, that's a perfect segue, sorority and frat life into like, I have to ask. Like, how weird is it trying to, like, passionately make out with someone when you know there is a camera right next to you? That's actually the least weird thing. I think most of us agree on that. Yeah. When, yeah, when you're making out with someone, actually, you don't really realize the camera. It's really the beginning. Actually, you you really don't realize the cameras after the first day or two. Really? And... It's really more like intimate conversations are way more difficult to have on camera. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You know, you don't know which how they're going to pick it apart and what people are going to see. So, the basis of the argument may be, may be totally taken out of place, and I think that 
it's difficult when you're in the middle of a really serious conversation. Yeah. And I guess in some ways when you're like making out with somebody, even apparently if a camera is right next to you, I think there is a way your brain like turns off a little bit. But like that. Yeah. But that's not true when you're having an an emotional conversation, you know, an intimate conversation. It's like your brain is actually working in overdrive. Yeah, your brain definitely turns out. It turns off when you're making out with someone. <laughs> mm. So yeah, stars, they're just like us. Interesting. Um, so <laughs> now that you have had a lot of experience on reality TV, like, do you always watch yourself to see how you're portrayed? Or you're sort of like, I can't watch this. It's like, here, you know, like how I always feel, how I can like never listen to a single episode of this podcast ever because my voice yeah. makes me want to kill myself. Um, do you watch yourself? Do you sort of... I mean, I would think in some ways you'd be a little, like, it'd almost be a little addictive. Like, you have to watch and see how you're portrayed. Of course. I never even thought twice about, yeah. you know, watching myself. I don't think that there's one Bachelor person who hasn't who doesn't watch every single episode. Right. Um, but I also am like, I can watch myself on TV and not cringe too much. But if I watch, rewatch a snapshot of mine, I cringe. So for some reason, it's a little different. <laughs> but you know, I mean, yeah, I had a lot of problems with this past season of Paradise and the storyline that they chose to show and stuff like that. But what's frustrating about it the most is you can't really put your own side of the story out there. There was a week where I did write like almost an expose for Cosmo. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I always write something for Cosmo, but the one week it was more telling of what happened behind the scenes and I had to edit that yeah um semi related to that like since you know how the reality tv sausage gets made do you like to watch other reality shows or do you find them like boring because you know like what kind of stuff goes on behind the scenes you know i don't really other than the kardashians i don't really watch any other reality tv what i can say in relation to this question is that when my mom watches this season of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette that I'm not a part of, and she's picking apart these people. Like, for instance, I just got to see the press copy of Nick's first episode, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh my god, why would she say that? Or this is so stupid. I was like, mom, or like, that is, I can, I can see exactly how the situation was formed to get her to say that. You know what I mean? Right, like definitely some of the sort of mystery of it is totally gone for you, I'm sure. Totally. And I'm like, I'm, they're sitting around and talking about a certain topic. And I'm like, that was five minutes because they said, hey, guys, what do you think about this? And but normally you're actually talking about your real life to right. these girls. On the, like, you're not talking about like, oh, my God, isn't it weird that Nick has been on four seasons? Right. <laughs> Um, what I think it was really interesting, you know, kind of what you are saying about you know, feeling unhappy with the way that you were portrayed most recently, because in some ways that's such a parallel for like dating in and of itself. If that feeling of like when a relationship doesn't work out or when your partner ghosts you and you have like no recourse, like that's such a frustrating feeling. And in some ways it's kind of the same, you know, like what can you do if you don't like the way it was, you know, you can't really do anything. Well, I mean, 
in this season of Paradise, there was like a whole different story that wasn't shown. But generally, I totally understand what you're talking about. When people were saying like, you're being crazy, and I'm like, I'm not being crazy. What I'm doing is being real about the situation in the public eye. Yeah. Because I know that if a guy started dating, if the guy that you were like in love with started dating another girl, in front of you, you'd be losing your freaking mind in your house. For you'd be sure. like, you'd be sobbing in your apartment. There's no way you didn't handle the situation exactly how I did. Right, right, right. Do you feel like what is the most common um, over all of the years? What has been the most common like question you get or reaction that you get from people? Like, is it that people always love to tell women they're crazy? <laughs> so. It's funny because on social media, sometimes, um, mostly during the season, I'll get the, I'm crazy, you're crazy, you're obsessed, blah, blah, but in person, everybody's so nice. I actually had the first, um, the first weird encounter where somebody wasn't totally positive with me a couple nights ago, and I was with Carly and Jade, and this lady said, Ashley, she's like, I hope you're over that crying thing, grow up. And I was like, whoa. Oh, my that, God. That was harsh and very, very odd. Wait, as, she just walked up to you and said that? She saw Carly and Jade, and she was like, oh, my God, so happy for you guys. You know, like, you yeah. found your guys. And then for me, it was grow up. And I was like, what? But normally, it's great. Yeah. And normally, um, normally, the questions I get are, is it real? And do you really cry that often? (laughs) (laughs) And the answer is? (laughs) Is it real? The situation, the the emotions are completely real. What we are living feels very real. The scenarios and the places and how you get to feel those emotions are possibly manipulated, if you understand what I mean. Sure, sure. There, I'm feeling all those feelings for Jared, for Wells, for Crystals. But when you look back about a lot of the instances in which I got so upset, I was placed in those situations. And, you know, but when you're there, it feels very natural. For sure, for sure. And I think, like... I mean, that's like, that's how you have to make a show. You know, you have to put people in these, um, you know, of course, the producers are, you know, intentionally putting you guys in situations to elicit a certain kind of reaction because you have to. Like, that's how you make a television show. It's just the way it's done. And they're the most talented in the entire world, and they totally deserve an Emmy. And I don't understand (laughs) why they've been nominated for one. It's like the Emmys have something against them. But. Right. What they are, the storylines they have created are really amazing. They do such a good job. And and, and I was also going to answer that last question. Oh yeah, no, please. Which I cry. Do it. Which is I cry like maybe once a month. I just when <laughs> when there's something when your love life is getting torn apart. Yeah. You cry. Yeah, and that yeah, only yeah. happens to me when I'm on TV. Yeah, <laughs> so that is totally fair. I'm glad we were able to set the record straight once a month. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ashley, thank you so <laughs> Ashley I officially. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and we love working with you at Cosmo. Well, thank you. It's the best. I love being able to share my side of the story. Yes, as as I can. Yes, let you guys in live behind the Bachelor. We love time. it. We love it. Thank you thank so you. much. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. 
Play it at play.it. So, Eliza, I don't know about you, but I found this to be juicy AF. Yeah, super fascinating. Yeah, what did anything you like learned or took away from today's very special episode of the Cosmo podcast? Um, I guess it's just that they like people who are on reality shows know that there's like a certain element of fakeness to it, right? Like they're I in on the joke. Yeah, like no one goes into a reality show anymore and thinks like this is going to be a 100 percent accurate representation of my life. Sure, I think. I- and to that point, I think it was so interesting to hear Spencer talking about how he's literally like plotting out his next personality and kind of deciding like how far he wants to take the next phase of his reality career. That's interesting that he's like aware enough at this point. And I mean, that's why we love him. He's very self-aware. But, you know, that he is really thinking about that down the line. And I also think it was interesting to hear, you know, Ashley saying she was unhappy with the way everything, you know, with the storylines and the way they progressed in last season of Bachelor in Paradise. But you can tell she loves the show and has so much respect for the producers and she's not like faking that yeah you know she sort of gets like that this is what you sign up for so that's really interesting yeah I also thought what Spencer said about how they've changed is interesting because I was thinking I don't know if you've seen the new America's Next Top Model yeah I haven't actually um I think there's only been one episode right um it's very different than like when it first started because I remember watching like the first five or six seasons and these girls are like really Instagram ready like I don't know because I haven't looked it up but like they probably already have a ton of followers Yeah. whereas back in the day they used to kind of just look like regular girls you'd see walking around the mall and then when they put makeup on them you were like oh okay I get it Right. and now it's like oh that girl already looks like a model. Well, it's so interesting because I, in addition to working at Cosmo, I work at Seventeen Magazine and I've worked there for a decade now. And we always shoot like real, real girls, as we say, just meaning non-professional models for Seventeen. Teenage girls. And we used to talk about how over the span that America's Next Top Model was on the air, it was literally like teaching girls how to pose. And this was, I started at 17 in 2006, so this was even a little like pre-Instagram. But like at the beginning, girls just didn't have that in their vocabulary and then like five years in it was like they would show up for these photo shoots again these girls who are non-professional models and they know how to pose they know how to smize so the girls are on the show now have literally their entire lives grown up like understanding what it means to be a model whereas like I think that's a really good point when the show started it was more of this feeling of Tyra like plucking girls out of obscurity really yeah um, I thought it was interesting that Spencer was talking about all the ways social or all the ways that reality TV has changed and he didn't mention like social media at all, which to me feels like one of the major ones. Right, because I mean, I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which I only started doing like a year ago. Yeah. Um, but partially because of my job and also because I like them more than I used to. Yeah. Um, But like everything that happens on that show, you already know is going to happen because it happens months earlier on social media. Right. People just don't care they watch it anyway right and that is such in that more than anything else i think is a testament to the phenomenon of it is that people aren't necessarily tuning in to see like what happens next because they already know what's happening next it's i guess again to like quote spencer for the 50th time today like that sparkle factor yeah you just want to see kim scrolling through her blackberry or whatever it is right i mean and the bachelor gets spoiled like every season right with 
like reality Steve and stuff like that. Right, right. And yet like the ratings for that only keep like climbing and climbing. Would you ever audition? Um not for the bachelor. I did for a long time want to audition for America's Next Top Model. Oh my god. But I was too short. Right. Um but I wanted to be like the normal size girl that everybody else thought was fat. So they would be like, I saw Eliza eating chips. Something's wrong. <laughs> oh my god, you wanted to be a meme, basically. Yeah, I just wanted to be like Kenya, but I don't know if you remember Kenya, but she was the one who like ate a lot, except like ate a normal amount of food. Right, and right, then they right. made her dress up as an elephant in a photo shoot. And they were like, Kenya's putting on weight. Oh my god. I hope the new ANTM is just as bonkers as the original. Yeah. What I, a gift Tyra gave to her. I hope somebody writes in brownies. That was my favorite. Oh my god, I don't remember that. Um I'm just gonna go back and rewatch every what, twenty yeah, seasons. Somebody like left her dirty dishes in the sink and somebody else got mad about it and carved clean your shit in a pan of brownies and then it just causes a huge amount of drama oh my god i love reality tv <laughs> love it. on that note um eliza thank you so much for joining where is the best place for people can read all your amazing writing um every day at cosmopolitan.com but where is the best place for them to follow you uh twitter my handle is Thompson Plaid, T H O M P S O N P L A I D. Thompson Plaid. And it, as always, you guys can follow me on Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter at Elisa Benson. Um, and please let me know what you want to hear us talk about on the Cosmo podcast next. Um, and share it and subscribe and like it and write a review. And I don't know, maybe there are more things you can do. But I will see you guys next week. Bye. is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.